Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. You found a podcast for Fort Worthians who love our city and want stories from our community's creators. Do you love Fort Worth? You want to know what's happening in your own backyard? Then this podcast was made for you. You can find Fort Worth Roots on all the major podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Fort Worth Roots. Quick shout out to Squad STX Boys Camping, alternative to Boy Scouts. They have a five-day, four-night camping trip and a three-day, two-night camping trip that you can find the details to uh, by going to squadstx.com. And if you've been listening to the show, you know that we've been talking nonstop about the River Oak Spring Fest Car Show. It's happening Saturday. April the 30th. It's going to be held at the beautiful Camp Carter. Uh, that's 6200 Sand Springs Road, Fort Worth, Texas. Please use the address to get to this place. 6200 Sand Springs Road, Fort Worth, Texas, 76114. This place is incredible. I went out there yesterday and checked it out myself. I just wanted to see what was going on out there, what this place was. Could I even find it? And I, I did find it. And I'm, I'm telling you that it was difficult to find, but I found it. So if I can do it, you can do it um, without the aid of GPS. But I <laughs> I had some time to kill. So I was just kind of riding around on the bike and uh, managed to, to find my way back there. Um, just a huge property, 360 acres. Uh, they've got a giant rock wall tower. They've got all sorts of climbing fixtures that I, I don't know the names of these things. I just know they're incredible. And apparently people come out all the time to use it for that. They've got an archery range. They've got barracks. Anyway, they're going to have somebody there giving tours of the facilities and talking about Camp Carter and what they do there. I need you to mark this on your calendar. We really want you guys to come out there. It's free to attend and it's not going to cost you a dime. So mark it on your calendar. Saturday, April the 30th, River Oaks Spring Fest Car Show. And we will be there. Fort Worth Roots Podcast is going to be there. I'll have the banner up. We'll have a 10 by 10 pavilion. If the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is not a big enough reason to come out there, um, bring the kids out and just let them run around. I'm telling you, this park is its huge. There's so much room. There's also a couple little ponds, and it's just a really cool environment. So mark it on your calendars. Please come out Saturday, April 30th, and the address one more time is 6200 Sand Springs Road, Fort Worth, Texas. kind of backs up to the, uh, well, it does. It backs right up to the uh, Fort Worth uh, military base, JRB Carswell or NAS, JRB, what, whatever they're calling that thing. Today's episode is special to me because these are the kind of people that we're trying to bring into the fold for Fort Worth Roots. I really want to reach out to more charity organizations and uh, people that are out there trying to do good for our community. And today's guest is uh, definitely somebody that fits that category. Today's guest is the Director of Child Advocacy for the Gladney Center for Adoption. And she sent me a little bio. I'm going to read this off for you real quick. Director of Child Advocacy at the Gladney Center for Adoption. She has worked in the field of child welfare since 1998, placing older and special needs children into permanent adoptive families. Over the last 24 years, she's been dedicated to recruiting and supporting volunteer transitional care families that care for children awaiting adoption through Gladney. In 2000, she helped to initiate Gladney's first foster to adopt program so that children living under the state's protection can move past foster care and find their forever permanent family. Lots of really cool information in this episode. I'm proud of this episode because one, it's important that people know this information. Two, it also was an opportunity for me to ask questions 
that kind of dispels some, some misnomers, some bad information that circulates in our community about adoption. I was just really excited to get the opportunity to do this. The Gladney Center is going to be at this uh, the event that I keep talking about, the River Oak Spring Fest Car Show. And uh, I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing, but they're going to be there along with several other organizations talking about uh, child adoption and what their organizations do for our community. So that's another great reason to come out and, and just kind of support, show your support for these organizations, if nothing else. All right, that's enough out of me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Every single episode that you listen to on the Fort Worth Roots uh, podcast shows up on our analytics and strengthens our show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are the reason that the show is growing at the rate that it is. And uh, we just wouldn't be where we are today without you. So thank you for listening to the show. Okay, that is seriously enough out of me. Thank you all for being here. Let's give it up for our guest today, Tanya Hout. Let's start the show. Let's let's talk a little bit about Tanya first. Um, wh- where did you uh, originate from? Well, actually, I'm a. I grew up. My father was in the Air Force, and so we moved from town to town to town the whole time I was growing up until we moved here to Fort Worth. And he was stationed at Carswell and retired from there. And I um, ended up graduating high school from here in Castleberry, in this neighborhood, in fact. And um, been here ever since. Married Darren in 85, which he was Arlington Heights guy, and um, pulled him back to River Oaks just a few years ago. <laughs> so. Yeah. And y'all were at White Settlement for a little while, didn't you say? We lived there for 25 years. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Our, our children graduated from Brewer High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so he, he purchased uh, the building that Roofing Solutions is in now uh, before y'all moved over here. About 13 years ago. Yeah. So we were here all the time and we found a house down the street and just moved here about four years ago. It's amazing that we got that house. As a, When I was here as a child, I'd go down that street and really love those houses just because of the view and never thought that we would get that house. In fact, I think most people that lived on that hill, um, their children inherited the house. Nobody right. ever, there was not any new buyers. So we just got very fortunate that, that we were able to buy that house and remodel it. There are uh, two different organizations that we wanted to talk about today. Is that correct? Well, um, what we're talking about is what I do, basically, for the Gladney Center for Adoption. And we've kind of, uh, the work that I do, I'm kind of bringing that to River Oaks Spring Fest when that event happens April 30th. And I'm bringing other nonprofit organizations to that event also so that the community here and then hopefully we can get people from outside the River Oaks community to come and learn about the YMCA. First of all, we have this unbelievably park down the street here, Camp Carter, that is kind of hidden away and I think a lot of people forget. So we want to make sure that the community in Fort Worth knows that Camp Carter's there for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the the nonprofit that I work for, which is an adoption agency, that uh, places my main job for the adoption agency is to find homes for children that are in foster care, and so kids that are free for adoption that are not going to go back to their biological families um, find permanency, and so that's my main been my main focus for the last twenty years at the Gladney Center, and I can't do that, and Gladney can't do that alone, so we have to partner with other nonprofits in the community and um, those nonprofits a lot of them I've invited to this event also so that 
they can share what they do and and share how they help families succeed in adoption of older children from foster care. And what other um, nonprofits will be there and how does that uh, advance uh, your mission there with Gladney? So Gladney's main focus is adoption, and that's what we do. We do adoptions internationally. We do uh, voluntary adoptions with with um, women that are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. They're not ready to be a parent, and so they make an adoption plan for the child that they're pregnant with. And then we also do adoptions out of foster care. And um, the the other agencies that I've asked, there's there's one in town that focuses on being a foster parent, where Gladney focuses on finding people that want to be adoptive parents this other agency finds foster parents so the the children that we place for adoption are always in foster homes first and so to find good families and equip these families with the right resources so that they can be successful as foster parents that that group is called OCOK which is our community our kids and they help um, find families to to do the fostering parts I've asked them there's another organization that I've asked called uh, Fort Worth Hope Local and they work with churches to find families and so they advertise the need for adoption and foster care within the church community and um, what better resource for families is your church family to help if you're going to adopt our foster so I've asked them to come definitely have asked CASA which CASA of Tarrant County is really a huge organization and, and these are advocates that um, will come and and go to court to talk about the needs of the child as the child's advocate, not as a caseworker or a lawyer or a CPS worker or whatever. This is the this is a person that's fighting for the child, and so I've asked them to come, and I've asked one other group to come, which is uh, the Chosen Ones group, which is just a support group, and they. Um, they're all, I mean, they're huge in this area where they work with families that have already adopted, families that are in the foster care process, and um, they help support those families, and, and uh, they're just a group that gets together monthly to, to help in any way they can. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like uh, with all these different organizations that, uh, like you mentioned a minute ago, you can't do it all by yourself. So it sounds like you've got a pretty strong network of other organizations that are all chipping in to get the job done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Takes all of us. Can you kind of give us maybe either a typical week for you or, or maybe a story about what you do uh, that'll kind of bring everything into frame for our listeners? Well, I think my job working for Gladney is is very unique compared to most social work jobs because I've been there for 25 years nearly 25 years and I've done every job there is in the in the in the agency but um, the the thing that makes me uh, my job unique is that I do work with newborn babies I work with volunteers that take care of these newborn babies that um, sometimes a baby can't go straight to the adoptive family so we have volunteer what we call transitional care families that take care of these babies and they uh, take care of them until we can legally or medically or whatever the reason is the baby can't go straight to the adoptive family um, I get to work with them and then I also work with CPS workers across the state and, and foster 
parents across the state that have children in their home that are now free for adoption. And so I get to work the baby side and the, and the older kids' side. And I think the most unique part is to be able to work with or have had this experience so many times where I've worked with a mom that's in a crisis pregnancy situation. She's planning adoption, the baby's born, and then she panics and, and decides she doesn't want to place the baby for adoption. And that does happen sometimes. But then I see that baby five years later or six years later in foster care because that mom was never prepared to parent. She didn't have the resources. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to make adoption more of a positive choice because there's so much in our community that says you're making a bad decision. How can you be doing this? What is, you know, the, the women that I work with that are making that adoption choice are making it because they love their child and they want the best life for their child and they're honest with themselves and not being able to be the best choice at that time in their life and and then to to work with to work with a birth mom that's choosing adoption and go to the hospital and a nurse is shaming that woman into parenting and I've been there where they the nurses or the social work or the somebody not you know not always nurses but somebody at the hospital is saying you can do this and I've actually worked with a mom that they knew was completely homeless had no car had no job had here go out on the street with this baby and you know the theory that they'll get the help they need with the baby is is even harder you know right anyway i'm just trying to figure out ways that um i could get that message out Mm -hmm. that that it is a loving decision um so often i hear uh caseworkers and I hear social workers from different agencies saying that adoption is actually a bad decision or it hurts the child or, or you know you're making a big mistake and I've, I know thousands of people that have been adopted I know thousands of people that that um go to agencies like Gladney to adopt and they're loving decisions they're wonderful decisions and and then to be shamed over that is really heartbreaking right no I completely understand that if so I guess for the people that are listening, how could you, if they wanted to come and you know start the adoption process or even find out information about it, what would be the steps that they take in order to get started? So a family wanting to adopt, mm-hmm. the, to get on the webpage is the first step. So you can go to the Gladney Center for Adoption and there's actually a big button that says get started <laughs> and it goes through um, different programs so that you can figure out what program you want to want to adopt from I mean it's hard to try to adopt from two programs for at the same time for example and so if your heart is more for international children which there are a lot of people in America that would rather go to Guatemala or go to China or go you know wherever to adopt a child out of the orphanage system because most of their in other countries it's still the orphanage system mm-hmm. there so so we have several programs and there are a lot of agencies that have programs that go to different countries or if you want to adopt a brand new baby perfectly healthy baby there's our regular agency assistant program where families that want a brand new baby and usually these are people that have that can't have children on their own you know so they're wanting to uh, to adopt a brand new baby or 
Um, there are people that are usually older, and those are the families that I work with, that are older and more, um, they've already parented their biological children, and they're coming back and want to fill their home up again with kids that are a little bit older. And so that's through the state foster care system. So those are the three main programs that uh, Gladney offers. But the, the other part of my job is I do place special need babies with medical conditions that are private placements, that are a birth parent is making a loving decision to place that child with Down syndrome or spina bifida or whatever the medical condition. So I place those babies for adoption too. So it's kind of a fourth program. One thing that comes to mind whenever I think of adoption, I, I've just heard nothing but how difficult it is to adopt. If, if that's the route you want to go, that it's, uh, it's prohibitively expensive, that there's years and years of ho- hoops that you have to jump through in order to uh, successfully get placement. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it depends on the type of adoption you want to do. So if you want to go to a a different country and adopt, that country does say these are the expenses you have to pay to go to that country. And so it's really hard. We can't regulate what what expenses they they charge. So um, that is one way to go. And I think it is more so, more than money expense, it's time when you go overseas to adopt. You're going to have to stay there two weeks or a month or whatever. You might have to go back two or three times. So so not not only money for the adoption expenses, but the travel expenses is is really can be high for for a lot of families. Um, A newborn baby adoption, the competition today is so strong. Strong, which is which has really been the most interesting part over my last 25 years to see how how much that's changed over the years. But the competition is high, and it is all the expenses are paid by the family that that's adopting the baby. So if there's medical expenses, if there's legal expenses, if the, if you know if we're having to chase multiple possible fathers around and hire a private investigator, if we're you know all that kind of stuff definitely falls into the expense of an adoption of a brand new baby. Um, the, the other type of adoptions, the special need adoptions, thank goodness we have so many donors that help because a lot of families that will take on a child with medical condition don't have the, the large amount of money to pay all those expenses, but we do have a lot of donors that help pay those expenses for the medically fragile babies. And then, um, then the state adoptions are absolutely free. <laughs> And really? so, yeah. Okay. And I don't think most people know that. And Texas is one of the fabulous states that offers so many benefits for families that want to adopt from the state foster care system. So um, the only money that a family is really out is going and getting your background checks and a TB test you know, going to the doctor. So that's the only money that you're really out to adopt from the foster care system. But um, the state of Texas pays for uh, adoption subsidy. And so they'll continue to pay Medicaid, the bills, medical bills for the child until they're 18. And so that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge deal. And don't they also get uh, tuition for college paid for? They do. Yeah. My, uh, one of my family members is adopted. So he was able to go to school for free and a couple of my friends in college they went ahead and gone and got their graduate degree and everything and they were able to do that for free so i thought that was really interesting and i think that's a great aspect of it is that just through the state uh, program for college for tuition? And yeah. So if you adopt from the foster care system, then the child gets college paid for. And then about two or three years ago, they started paying not only the tuition, but the room and board also, <laughs> which is huge. But it has to be a college school. And there are a few private colleges 
um, our state school, I mean, but there are a few private colleges that have joined in to this effort too. But um, and if you if you grew up in foster care and you age out, and unfortunately that happens way too often, you also have access to college if you're able to get there. But if you age out of foster care, I mean, how do you go to college? Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really a hard deal. But yeah, and other other states do offer some benefits, but Texas is really wonderful that they offer the medical and they offer college. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, depending on what option you go with, it it could be very time uh, and uh, monetarily expensive. But well, I would say if you if you want to adopt a child from foster care and you come to Gladney and you want to you would, it doesn't matter the race if you want to adopt more than one child if you if you're willing to adopt three for example. I can get you matched in about two weeks, <laughs> literally. I mean, let Tanya take care of it. Yes, yes. That's I mean, awesome. if you're really if you're open to sex, race, and number of children, you can get a placement of children very quickly. Now, how how long does that entire process? Because there's vetting, right? I mean, you got to make sure that it's a safe family and oh yeah, all yeah. that. How long does that all take? Well, it depends on the family sure. in most cases. So there's a tremendous amount of paperwork. Uh-huh. I mean, just unbelievable amount of paperwork. And then if you, um, depending on the program you go to, there's different trainings. And so if you're adopting from foster care, of course, you're, you're going to have the most extensive training because it's you, you parent a, ch- a child that's gone through trauma, abuse and neglect, abandonment issues so much differently than you would a brand new baby. And so there's, there's 35 hours of, of pre-service training to go through through for families that want to adopt from foster care and then we've actually um, even though it's not a regulation with with international we make them do about the same kind of training because if you grow up in an orphanage you still have the same sort of traumas and you know a little different but you know similar similar attachment issues anyway and um, so yeah we definitely uh, follow those rules as far as the trainings go we do what we call a home study which we at Gladney use a safe home study it's a technique that tries to um, I mean we really get into your your past your marriage your your philosophy about parenting and um, the thing about most people are kind of afraid of home studies in the sense, well, I'm judging you is right. how they would. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Me, if you're a family that has had the perfect life and you've been charmed and all of that, you're going to have a harder time adopting a child with medical needs or a child that's come through trauma. If you're a family that's actually lived and gone through some tough times and, and survived it and got on the other side and you're stronger, you do so much better. And I would rather complete honesty. And, and if, you know, if there's things in your past you haven't dealt with, a lot of times you figure that out in the middle of that home study. said, oh, wow. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. And so, you know, so there are times that we might say, you know, you're a great family, but, you know, you have this, this problem that we know you've you haven't dealt with go you know you need to see a therapist yourself or you need something um, to help you be stronger so that you don't get triggered when a child moves into your home and because you will be triggered I mean you'll you'll, you won't even know you have these triggers sometimes when a child comes in and their behaviors are not what you expect now from that point like say you know you have to tell the family you need to work on these things do y'all give them a timeline for that or is it just on their own time or how does that work for them? 
It depends on the on the issues. I usually have um, a list of things. I mean, I, if a family's coming in and I don't, I think they have rose-colored glasses on. You know, this isn't going to happen to me, kind of things. Because you know, the people that live charms charmed lives, they can't imagine. <laughs> hard right. things happening to yeah. them and so right. I'll make sure they get involved in a support group and they go to a support group or they get involved with a therapist that has had um, clients that have been adoptive parents or, or, or children I make sure they read certain books or see certain movies you know and and we kind of gauge where they are and how they've grown and um, and then we'll bring them back into the program and all of those things do nothing except make them better prepared and then make the the people that are, are the decision makers of where this child is going to move make them have more confidence that it's going to be successful well and once say the kiddos get put into the house how long do y'all follow them after that or how does that work for y'all just making sure that things are going okay and future dates i guess i don't know well um the state of texas it's required that you spend six months before you actually go to court to finalize Mm -hmm. so my attitude with families has always been the day the child comes into your home your your the atmosphere the environment in your home the language that you use everything has to be this is forever from that very first day but in reality six months later is when you go to court and the judge stamps something and changes the child's name to whatever your last name is and and that's the forever but you have to go into it with the attitude it's forever when the child moves in you can't go into it like well we're going to try this out and it because the kid feels it he know he or she knows that that's what's going on and so so families that do this have complete faith that this is gonna this is gonna work out so so legally we go the six months we come into the home minimum once a month if there's challenges we're there more Um, if you know you just need somebody to talk to uh, we're always finding resources for families during that six months and I've noticed that for most families it's kind of a bell curve the first month two months is kind of mellow and then the third fourth month is when it gets really <laughs> hard and and then if whatever whatever happens if the if the parents pass whatever test that child's given them on that third or fourth mm-hmm. month and it could be any kind of test you know they're they're thinking you love your um, your car more than them they might scratch the car and see if you're going to give them away give them back you know if you if because they think you love the car more than but anyway whatever the test is they give them at the third fourth month if you pass that everything kind of mellows out again (laughs) and you know and it spikes again behavior spike or our insecurities it's usually um you know something like you're not my real mother or you you know I don't want to be here anymore or whatever, you know, that'll spike every now and then depending on what's going on at school or hormones or, you mm-hmm. know, and also muscle memory. I've noticed that a lot with, with kids. Um, they'll, I hear this story so often where a child, um, and, and unfortunately in state foster care system, kids average six months six to eight months in a home before they're moved oh. and they all, and they're moved they're in the foster care system two and a half years so you know four to six moves and so the muscle memory when you get to that point of the, the six months it's time yeah for okay i've had kids that just like got up and just went and started packing their clothes because they thought oh it was God. time to move again so wow. so there's things that will happen um, because of the trauma they've experienced that will bring certain you know insecurities towards that child that families will have to deal with but um typically it's it's pretty much at six months you know this is this is going to work 
Yeah. And the, oh, go oh, go ahead. the only other question I had was, you know, say a married couple eventually at some given point, hopefully not, but if they divorce, mm-hmm. do, do y'all jump back in the mix of that? Or is it at that point, you know, they're theirs, they need to figure it out? Well, legally, I mean, they are theirs. They go to court. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can really do except offer help. Um, the state of Texas also has, and Gladney too, has a post-adoption department that families can come back, you know, a year later, five years later, 20 years later. And so they can come and get help. And the, there's uh, recommended counselors, recommended, uh, you know, uh, trainings to go to, all kinds of things that, that we can help with. But the family is, at that point, normally reaching out to us. Um, you know, I have families that I've placed kids with 15, 20 years ago that I still keep up with. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we if there's if there's things that have gone on, I think as a caseworker, you check back with them a couple of years later, everything doing okay now? And, and right. you know, so it, it's just like life. It evolves and it gets hard one year and it's better the next you know mm-hmm. so but we're always there we're well, always that's good there. that you have resources for and that the post-adoption uh department that is that paid for for those families if they need mm-hmm. counseling or mediation yeah there's there's a certain period well there's counselors there mm-hmm. um at gladney and so that can be uh, the that service is offered there now if we think they need to go you know every week and for a period of time we'll get them lined up with some a special counselor the state of texas that's all paid for through our tax money and so they want the state of texas's post-adoption is to keep kids with the families and so they do offer all kinds of services over and above that are paid for that's awesome mm-hmm. you said something earlier that kind of cued me up we had had this conversation uh, a couple weeks ago but there's a movie with mark Wahlberg, and uh, some of the stuff that we're talking about was covered in that movie do you know which movie i'm talking about Oh, Instant Family. Definitely. That, yeah. Was it that or, or The Traveler? No, wait. No. Mark Wahlberg. Which <laughs> one am I? Thinking of a different Mark Wahlberg, but oh. Instant Family sounds... Nah. Instant Family. So him and his cute it. little wife decide to adopt a sibling group of three. And the oldest is a, I don't know, 14-year-old. Right. And, you know, how sassy and know-it-all you are at 14. And it's a funny movie. It's a But what was interesting about that movie, it was so accurate. I mean, mm-hmm. it was truly accurate. You're, the feelings, you know, when you're a parent, when you you go in and you tell your parents you're going to adopt kids, older kids. I mean, that scene in itself was was really interesting to me. And your parents are like trying to be supportive, but scared to death for yeah. you. Why would you want to ruin your perfect life? And then and then you come back a month later and say, oh, we've changed our mind. And everybody says, oh, thank God. You know. And, so, <laughs> and then and then you go, oh, well, I'm going to do it after all. And you go back and you you adopt them. And 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 then the the kids, you know, that they they uh showed in that movie i mean they they the insecurities and the trust and all those things that you have to work on in in any relationship but especially um with kids that are that you're wanting to call you mom and dad i mean you're really having to work a little bit harder but all of those things are addressed yeah mm-hmm. yeah i uh, we both really enjoyed that movie and you know mark Wahlberg. he's a. Uh, did i see what? this movie you didn't Okay, I was like, I didn't see this movie. No, I'm asking. You didn't? Oh, no. <laughs> I thought we saw it together. No, you need to see it. It's I don't funny. Think, no, because oh, well, we looked up the other movie, The Traveler. Oh, okay. Travelers. Well, well, that was, yeah. So that was another movie that we had watched uh, that, that uh, <laughs> you were there and had, but had uh, <laughs> yeah, suggested Travelers. But that was a good movie. And we got to uh, Amazon Prime and we pulled it up and it was like two ninety nine, And I'm like, two ninety nine. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we'll do it. It's got Bill Paxton in it. Yes. But yeah, not the movie we're talking about. Okay, then you're going to have to show it to me because no, I don't Instant believe I watched family. it. Okay, well, it was... Uh, what I was started to say was Mark Wahlberg is, you know, whatever caliber actor you think he is. But the movie itself was actually, it was kind of a tearjerker. But it also highlighted something that uh, I was ignorant to. You know, I've I've never been around uh, a situation where somebody had adopted uh, an older child like that, and that's that's really got to be challenging. I mean, mm-hmm. you take a two-year-old, and um, they're not going to probably remember any of those transitions. I wouldn't think. You'd be amazed. But a fourteen I mean, the year muscle, old is definitely. Oh yes, fourteen year old, you're is def, You're going to know what you're getting into now. Two year old, they they still have that muscle memory. They may not remember exactly, but there's right. there's still going to be issues, and mm-hmm. so yeah, because yeah. there's feelings. Even the kids at school that have gone through the adoption process, they don't always understand their feelings that they're mm-hmm. exposing or whatever to you, but they know something's wrong, something's yeah. different, or they act different, they treat you different. Parents are people that they interact with but i've noticed that a little bit in the school system too even the younger ones because we had two little kids that were adopted i want to say the year before they went into kindergarten and when they were in kindergarten i mean separation was a huge problem for them and just trusting and they didn't really understand how to express that to me but that that's what i was noticing yeah so it's interesting to see them interact well, I'm just saying that. I mean, if you're a little kid and all the adults in your life, early life, have let you down in some way or another, or you've lost them. I mean, maybe they died. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you've lost them. And so how do you trust the big people in your life not to leave you, not to hurt you? Not. It takes a long time. A lot of um, every day you have to tell them you're, you're safe with me in mm-hmm. some form or fashion, maybe yeah. not in words, but in your actions, definitely, that they're safe with you. Uh, I completely agree. So those two little girls I was talking about, um, they came into kindergarten. I was with them as their counselor all the way until the end of their second grade year. And I had to tell them that I was leaving. And I mean, they latched on and hugged and mm-hmm. didn't want to let go. But I saw them in the middle of the summer because that's when I figured out that I was changing schools. And I told them then, I was like, y'all will see me when you, you know, you get a little older. And you could see that they were just sad, but a little mm-hmm. bit differently than other kids would have. Mm-hmm. It was just interesting to see their reaction because those were two kids that I was worried about. Yeah. And Morgan, so that the, the listeners that haven't heard you on other episodes, what what is it that you do? So I'm a school counselor for a fifth and sixth grade campus now um i taught for three years at an elementary campus prior to that yeah and so. you're currently studying for the big test <sighs> the purple book <laughs> the purple book the encyclopedia of counseling. for that lpc mm-hmm. yes that's more letters on the name <laughs> <laughs> well what are some uh some misnomers or you know uh maybe bad information that circulates in our community that that you'd like to tell people like that's not true or uh well, I think the biggest is that these kids are damaged, mm-hmm. that they're unadoptable. I mean, that word is like insane to me. Who who would be unadoptable? <laughs> you know, it takes the right person to adopt certain kids. It takes the right strength and resources and support and all of that. But yeah, everybody's adoptable. Everybody can learn how to love and trust if you give them enough time. And, you know, I, I think that... Uh, as caseworkers, we give up sometimes too easily, and that's why we do have so many kids that are aging out of the system. And so, that's one thing I, I do want to say. Um, I think it is important that uh, parents are prepared 
as much as possible to to parent these kids and and be foster parents i mean they they need support and they need to be prepared for for the needs of the children that come into their home and so another thing i like to that i always hear and unfortunately it's what's on the news is that foster parents are not good people foster parents are wonderful people i mean if they they say they're doing it for the money well there's no money in being a foster parent so i don't know where they think that is i mean they they may get frustrated things may get hard for them because of the way the system works and they you know they have fear for uh the child that's in their home or you know whatever but the um this is going to be great yeah do you want to just no no let it happen (laughs) (laughs) we don't have the camera rolling but maybe i can get a headset on him oh is that your son (laughs) (laughs) it's really good to meet you man all right Last time we did this, we had the uh, postal service walk in on us. Oh, I was yeah. just like, "What's up? Come on in. We'll get you a mic." Yeah, I was gonna say so. He he grew up with me bringing babies home all the time. Really? <laughs> yes. And so, so were y'all a foster family? No, that was part of my job, and okay. so um, I was the uh, director over transitional care and so when a baby couldn't go straight to the adoptive family I would go to the hospital and pick the baby up and sometimes I had to go pick my kids up from school and the baby would be in the back seat and I'd say oh we got to go drop off this baby and so you know just different times like that um and so he yeah I just remember one time he said oh another baby (laughs) (laughs) was that like the third one for the week I don't know must have been I don't know it's like well maybe I'm bringing my work home a little too much I don't know but what are some really incredible stories? You've been doing this for 25 years, you said? Mm-hmm. Do you have any awesome, hopeful stories about something great that happened? Yeah, I guess I have tons of them. You know, and the the, the reason I love doing this work, the, the history of, of Gladney and the history of adoption and the history of um, how pe- families are built is just amazing to me. And it, you know, started in the mid-1800s to, to today. And today adoption's changing um, drastically, too, from when it was 25 years ago when I started. But, um, you know, one story that I love to tell or that, that was truly amazing to me was that and I was kind of being a, uh, a grumpy girl about it, and I think it made me more humble afterwards is why it affected me so much. But we actually had a, a young girl that was um, seven years old. She was a little Hispanic girl, a little cute girl, and her mother called and said, I want to place her for adoption. Oh, my God. Which is a very rare thing for wow. an adult, yeah. uh, I mean, for a child that age. Usually it's, 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 not, it's not a voluntary decision that of someone of that age would usually the state yeah it's usually the state and so this little girl she was in houston i went to houston and picked her up seven years old and she's telling me about her life and how tough it's been they've been homeless they've had you know lots of lots of changes in her life and she um, actually just moved to texas she was from wisconsin and so i had her in care for um I don't know, three, four months for a good long time trying to find the right family for. And the, it's harder to find a family for a seven-year-old when they have none of those benefits that mm-hmm. the state, like the college, that's not paid for, the, you know, it's not free, you have to pay expenses, you know, things like that. And so it was a little more, although I did find donors for her, but it is a little more difficult to find, find a family that would take all that on. And so after three or four months of, of finding or looking and interviewing and trying to make a good match, 
I finally found this family and I thought they were terrific and they were here in town and so we could keep up with them and give them all the support and love that they need to be successful and and this little girl um, even though she was with her birth mother that whole time there was a lot of neglect and so she did have some yeah. some issues going on well after I found this family the little girl just says well you know my mother did this when my brother was seven years old also I said what wow. <laughs> you know and I said, what do you mean? And she said, yeah, when my brother turned seven, my mother called the adoption agency to come pick him up too. And I was just blown away, you know, like what, what is it about the age seven that this, this woman decides that's the time? And she'd never told us that she had any other children. We did not know about this little boy. And I, I uh, was talking to my, co- my boss actually, and I told her this and she goes, well, you have to find that family. And I said, well, I just spent four months looking for the perfect family i just have you know i well no you have to find that family i said that family's in wisconsin how in the world am i ever going to find family with her brother with the brother i said how am i going to find a family in wisconsin that adopted a brother i don't even know his name you know or his new name i knew this first name and the birth name well you know actually i found out it wasn't that difficult to find that brother i found him pretty quickly and um you know and i did have to tell the the family here in texas that sorry you know that we're going to have to wait and you know i don't know is this new family that adopted the brother want to adopt again and and i was you know i walked away from that meeting with my boss going shoot (laughs) you know i'm really gosh i just did all this work and you know and but um found the family yes of course they want to adopt the sister and yes let me let me get my home study updated let me do all the paperwork and they jumped in and did it and um the family could not travel to Texas, so I had the honor to take this little girl to Wisconsin. And Did you I, drive? No, we flew. Okay. She and I flew together, <laughs> me and her and her little doll that she carried the whole time. And, and we we went to Wisconsin and Egg Harbor, Wisconsin, which was really the cutest little town ever. And I stayed for four days and um, and went every day and hung out with her and her brother and her new, her new family. And um, But the instant that I saw these two kids, eyes locked, because this little girl she was three and hadn't seen her brother in that length of time but they knew each other instantly and their their eyes locked and i thought how petty was i to think that it was inconvenience for me to do this Tanya, you're trying to make me cry it's not going to (laughs) work but that was that was probably my one of my most heartwarming ones but yeah you know i i uh there was one family that uh, lived out here in Azel and they were a little bit older and um, they came to our training and and I was talking to them and they had the perfect view of the family they wanted and um, it was two girls they wanted two little girls you know ages 12 to you know five something like that you know all everything was just in their mind how they wanted it and Anyway, we, we worked for a few months and, and uh, trying to get them matched and trying to do all of that. And, and I talked them into going to what we call a match event where there's other there's kids there. And it's like a big carnival. And, and I just tell families, just go, have fun. Just think you're, you know, just go at it like you're going to have a good time that day. Don't have any expectations. Just go. And uh, so this family went walked away and before it was over with there was a sibling group of six <laughs> that they oh, had wow. fallen in love with and they had a big house and so i mean that to me was really really a cool story because yeah they got that those six all six wow. of them yeah the odds of that yeah God. it was pretty amazing but i would go and these kids were, were actually separated in foster care so they barely got to see each other and um 
anyway i was the kids hero to where all six kids i'd walk in the house and all six of them would jump on me (laughs) because they finally got to be back together you know they would been separated for so long so yeah there's lots of stories just like that that i've gotten to experience that is awesome gladney will be at this event april 30th Yes. Okay. And uh, what will be the function out there? Is Gladney just going to be handing out information and talking about their mission? And so what I pictured is is the five nonprofits to be together because there's so many other event or other things going on with the car show, and then um, there's a pop up market there where lots of lots of artists will be there um, selling their art, and um, then the YMCA is also giving tours and hay rides and rock climbing and all kinds of crazy things that they're letting people come do for free and so I just figure it's going to be a madhouse of of people but um, anyway the families that come can come to that little section of five uh, tents basically and, and I'm just going to say all about adoption and it will be all the different support groups so Gladney will be talking about adoption OCOK which is the our, our kids our community they'll be talking about foster care chosen ones will be talking about the support group Hope Local will be talking about churches and CASA will be talking about their advocacy towards children in foster care awesome. and so it's all I mean there's no it's just gathering information and, and knowing um, what we do and then how they can move forward because I you know like I said I don't think a lot of people still today know you can adopt from foster care and how how strong the need is okay that's awesome okay and Fort Worth Roots will be there too yes Fort Worth Roots will be there it's going to be a good time and we're going to make sure we get this message out I told Darren I'm going to take some of these flyers I'm going to go to all the auto parts stores and ask him if I can leave a few there so well good uh, Good we'll do do everything we can to help so appreciate um, that well now with uh, with Gladney, I think you might have told me this earlier. Um, what what's the uh, website that they need to go to to get information about your services and organization? The Gladney Center. GladneyCenter.com. Mm-hmm. GladneyCenter.org. Dot org. Okay. Yeah. And I'll include that in the show notes. And um, I'm just really looking forward to this event. And uh, anytime at all, if you'd like to come back on the show and update us on services or any kind of mission that you'll have uh, that you want publicized, then we're happy to spread the word. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you letting me talk. A hundred percent. And is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I don't know. Is there I anything we you want to know? We did a pretty good job, right? We did a, we, we covered all of it. Yeah, I we? think I asked all my questions <laughs> that I had. About I definitely. Adopting. And yeah. I got to squeeze uh, the Mark Wal- Wahlberg movie into yeah, the conversation. Yeah, that I totally butchered. <laughs> yes. That's okay. That's okay. The Traveler is also an, a pretty okay movie with the Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right tanya thank you so much fort worth roots thank y'all for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye thanks a huge thank you to tanya for being on the fort worth roots podcast and sharing some information with us this woman really has a heart for this uh child care the placement the foster care the the adoption process this is her mission and she has lived her life trying to make uh, this entire process better for everybody involved. So uh, not only thank you for being on the show, Tanya, but thank you for what you do. And she started to tell me the story of the the history of the Gladney Center and how important Fort Worth is um, as far as child placement inside the foster care community um, and adoption. Uh, Fort Worth is intrinsic in this. I mean, it. it, it anyway, she's going to be back on the show. We're going to talk more about that at great length. And you can catch them out at the River Oaks Car Show. I know, I know, I keep talking about this, but I really 
need you to put this on your calendar because I'd love to meet you in person. Um, if you're in the area, I know that our, our friends abroad might not be able to make it. Uh, shout out to our friends in, uh, I think it's Scotland, Dunfermline, that have been listening to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for streaming. We see you out there and we appreciate it. We've also got some new listeners in Budapest, uh, India. India tuned back in. we got, uh, sorry guys, Hopple, uh, India, and uh, Varanasi, India. I'm trying. I really am. We did a recording yesterday with Kiki, and she uh, is, a, is a transplant from India herself. She's been in Texas for nine years and loves it here. Um, so that's going to be a really cool episode. I, I, the recording was great. She's such a wonderful person. I can't wait to share that one with you guys. Um, but yeah, come out to River Oaks. Check this thing out. 6200 Sand Springs Road, uh, Fort Worth. Zip code is 76114. Promise me you'll use the address because if you go looking for this thing, you'll never find it. I feel like I'm, I'm fairly confident. Anyway, it's going to be a great event. Please come out. Please come check it out. Um, we'll take we'll take pictures. And I, I had this crazy idea the other day and i think i'm gonna go through it or go go through with it um i'm going to start the fort worth roots podcast international fan club association backslash org.com i don't know what i'm gonna call it it doesn't really matter what i'm gonna do is i'm going to make up these certificates and every time i pass one out i'm gonna give it an individual serial number and i'm gonna give it to you um, and then we'll take a picture next to the banner and bam, you're part of the International Fort Worth Roots Podcast uh, fan club or whatever we're calling it. So uh, it's goofy, it's silly, but it'll give me an excuse to give you something, take your picture with us and then uh, you know just kind of include you in our community. So that's something that I decided we're going to do um, depending on how uh, well it's received. Uh, we might continue to do it at other shows that we're going to. Uh, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep going to these shows and engaging the public directly. I, uh, I'm, I'm constantly trying to come up with ideas to promote the show and uh, connect with our listeners. So if you've got an idea for the show, whatever that might be, you can hit us up, media at fortworthroots.com. And as I was listening to this episode today, uh, post-edit, you know, doing the, the thing where I uh, try to make it more presentable for you uh, in post-edit, I'm listening to our recording with Tanya and I'm thinking there's going to be some people out there that are going to hear this, um, that, that are part of the, uh, childcare community or the foster program or the adoption agencies. There's going to be some people out there that have adopted children that are going to listen to this episode. There's going to be people that are thinking about adopting. Uh, there's going to be people that have, uh, themselves been through, uh, foster care and the adoption process. If you would like to, and of course, you're not obligated to do this, but I think it would be incredible if you would take yourself a, a, a recording on your phone. Every one of these smartphones has it. You can go to your recording device. It will record in an MP3 format, and you can send this to me at media at fortworthroots.com. That's our e uh, email. And tell us your story. Tell us, um, you know, if, if maybe we missed something. Maybe we said it in a way that uh, was confusing. Uh, the, the information that we delivered in this episode. So if you have something that you'd like to add to the conversation, and this goes for any episode that we've done, um, you can send us that MP3 format, uh, basically voicemail or recording to our email, and I'll see if there's a way for us to put that into uh, one of our episodes. I've had people do this in the past. It ha doesn't happen very frequently, but I love hearing from you, whether it's a comment uh, on our Facebook 
whether it's uh, an email or a voicemail mp3 style thing that you sent me i love hearing from you guys so um if you have an idea and you want to share it with me that's how you do it doesn't have to be a recording you can just send me an email and then uh in the email if if you want me to share it with the guest uh just mention that and then i will read off your email to our listeners uh in a later episode if you don't just tell me hey this is i just want to tell you that you don't need to read this off or whatever if you want it private i can keep it private doesn't have to be part of the episode would just love to hear from you guys big shout out to our patreon patrons justin matinta uh, we've, we've got different tiers for this thing and uh, I don't advertise for the Patreon page because I'm going to get to a, a episode 100 before I start talking about this too much but I do want to give due shout out, respect, whatever to our friends that are currently on the Patreon uh, page supporting the show and these different tiers that we've got here um, give you different features um, we've, there are two lowest tiers, one of them is just hey I want to support the show it's four bucks. That's our superstar package. Yeah, I named these, and if you want me to name them something else, y'all could tell me, and I can switch that. I didn't know what to call these. So, <laughs> so the first one is the superstar package. Why? I don't know. Just because it is. And then the next one is Fort Worth Roots FWR Dear Friend uh, Tier. I don't know. Help me. But you can contribute to the show for as little as four bucks. And uh, if you want access to um, the show's unedited content uh, I do put that on the Patreon account so without uh, commercials or you know me talking constantly about River Oaks Car Show if you just want the raw file um, I provide those uh, and they're supposed to be early I'm supposed to get those out to you early Uh, but I do put those on the Patreon page and that's the FWR Dear Friends uh, tier and it's nine bucks a month but it gives you a chance to support the show. You know, if you if you enjoy it enough to to support it, um, that is something that really resonates with me. It's such a great moment when I get those emails saying that somebody else has decided to support the show. So uh, Justin Matint has been with us since August of 2020. Yeah, August of 2020. And then we just got a new Patreon patron, uh, Angela Walker. And she is one of our superstars. <laughs> a really corny name for that i need to change it but i don't know what to change it to so you're gonna have to tell me and then justin he's a fwr dear friend and we got to hang out with justin uh was this friday so yesterday we went to pluckers and got to see this dude he has some incredible artwork um he's a photographer this is uh, kind of his side gig but god incredible stuff great great photography he's got a good eye for it he's he's a monster with those uh post editing skills just really good stuff. If you're on Instagram, it's K1D Wicked. I think it's K1D underscore Wicked. Um, but just really good stuff. And we're going to get Justin on the show, hopefully before this dude goes out of town. He's got a trip planned. I don't want to put his business out there, but uh, he's not going to be around for a little while, so I need to get him on the show before he takes off. So, Justin, if you're listening to this, we need to set a date, dude. Come on. let's uh, Let's put something on paper here. All right. I think that's it. Did we cover everything? Go to Squad STX and check that out. This is uh, an opportunity for you to get the boys out of the house. Take your young boys down to, was it Glen Rose? Yeah, Glen Rose uh, Dinosaur Valley. And they do a a camping trip. And it's all boys. And it's fun. And it's going to be something that your kiddos are never going to forget. So, SquadSTX.com. 
All right. I had a goal today. I wanted to get done by 10.30 a.m. It is 10.33 now, and now I take the file and I put it with everything that I've edited for the episode. So I almost hit my goal. That's not bad. I'm trying to get faster at these, um, putting them together so that I can put out more. Um, We have a huge backlog of episodes (laughs) right now, and it's because I'm recording, 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 and I'm only putting out episodes on Monday. So if I can find a faster way to get through the post-production stuff, um, it'll be easier for me to commit to two episodes a week. But as you know, if you've been listening to Fort Worth Roots long enough, I have a full-time job, a very full-time job. And so I don't want to commit to anything um, that I can't follow through on. So it has been kind of a struggle making sure that I get one out every single Monday. Um, And so if I'm going to commit to two, I've got to refine my process. And probably what that means is that you're going to get less edited versions of these episodes. They're probably going to be coming out faster so that I can keep up with the, the number of people that we have come into the studio and record with us. Um, but I need to get them out quicker because I'm getting uh, messages from people like, hey, do we need to re-record? Or <laughs> like, No, no, no. Everything's fine. That episode came out great. I just, I, it's not time yet. You're, you're like number eight in line. So um, if, if at this point, if I put out a Thursday episode, because that's the way I've kind of decided I'm going to do it, Mondays and Thursdays, if you get a Thursday episode, that is an extra episode at this point. Please, please don't get it in your head that we're going to start doing Thursday episodes until further notice. Yeah, Fort Worth Roots is a Monday release schedule podcast. So, okay, that's it. That's uh, I did it again with the babbling, but uh, it's pretty normal stuff. That's what we do here at the end. And then I tell you that uh, that's it, and I'm done, and then I keep rambling, and here I go again. Thank y'all for listening to the show. I will see you next week. And uh, that's truly it. That's it. I swear to God. Okay. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye-bye.